Hey everyone, welcome back to the Red Mage. This episode has been postponed for a week due to power outage leaving me unable to adhere to my normal schedule. Therefore, I decided to use the time to prove upon this episode and re-record it to add more depth to our conversation. Today, we will be talking about why size matters. And of course, when I'm talking about size, I'm heavily implying the scale at which designers plan to build their world. You see, as a graduate student, I'm strapped for time. In fact, I have four months to execute a functional, viable, and scalable minimal viable product, or MVP for short. Now, that is not a lot of time to build a world, much less tackle economic development and career pathways for cosplayers. So what's a world builder to do? Well, I'm glad you asked. In situations where designers using the world building methodology and is strapped for time, limited on resources, or lacks a team member with particular skills, it's time to be pragmatic. As I'm saying this, I can already anticipate a series of questions, some along the lines of, what does it mean to be pragmatic as a world builder? But I'm already using the world building methodology. Are you going back on your methodology? You're a traitor. Pineapples don't go on pizza. Okay, sorry for that last one. I had to make sure you were paying attention. And at the end of this episode, I will tell you my honest opinion about pineapples on pizza. But enough distractions. Let's get back to pragmatism. You see, as a designer, you can cross-pollinate methodologies to work with certain parameters such as time, resources, and skill sets. And there are four major methodologies to choose from. World building, imagism, pragmatism, and phenomenology. For those of you unfamiliar with pragmatism, it's basically if something is proven to work and it functions, it's the best method to use. And it it's a great methodology when you're strapped and just need to be pragmatic and make something that's functional. Thus, it's called pragmatism. <laughs> and you can cross-pollinate one, two, or even all of these methodologies, so long as you have an overarching methodology. And in our case, our main methodology is world building. But due to time restrictions and available resources, we're cross-pollinating that with pragmatism. So basically, we're being pragmatic in how we build this world. Now the question may arise, why is it necessary to cross-pollinate with pragmatism? Why can't you just build the world and be over with it? And the reason for that is really simple. We would be solutioning. And solutioning strongly correlates to projects that fail to identify the core issue and fail to meet the needs of the user. Anyone can build a world, but not everyone can build a world that users need. In the world, if the world that we build does not meet the needs of the users, then we have failed as designers. And we need to take accountability for that. Therefore, this is why we use an iterative process. We can provide a strong foundation that, much like a city, can be developed with further iterations to ensure the needs of the users are met. Sorry for the background sound, by the way. I'm out of a TASCAM at the moment and am working with the resources I have, thus am being pragmatic. (laughs) Now, going back to our content, As our goal is to create a minimal viable product that is the first iteration of a scalable project, 
we need to ensure that we're addressing the user's priorities. Not our priorities, but the user's priorities, and those are concerned around their needs. For this project, we know from the define phase that networking is a core issue that prevents cosplayers from advancing their careers. This is backed by articles from Forbes, Indeed, LinkedIn, and Thrive Global. These all attest to and reveal that professional networks account for opportunities for higher paying careers, most of which exist only on the secret job board. That is a job board in which it's not posted. It's people that hire from within or hire people that they know. Or when they say hire, I think the better terminology is to present people with an opportunity by giving them a recommendation or having their HR department call them and schedule an interview for that potential position. And a majority of the time, those people that are recommended get hired. And these are for higher paying positions, positions like managers, art directors, and so forth. And that would cover, well, by addressing this, we would be covering the career development side of the UN Sustainability Development Goal number eight, which is economic development and career pathways. But what about the economic development side? While providing opportunities to procure higher paying jobs, users would have more disposable income when they land these jobs. This not only improves the quality of the life for the users, but it benefits businesses and positively impacts the economy. An article from the Committee on Education and Workforce Democrats by Robert C. Scott fact checks the benefits of increasing the minimum wage, and it turns out everyone wins when the minimum wage is increased. The main takeaways from this article are businesses benefit by increasing worker productivity, reducing turnover rates, and reducing absenteeism. The second one is it benefits the economy as it simulates job growth, increases user spending, which goes into the economy, and increases the demand for goods, services, and more job opportunities. And lastly, 80% of businesses back up the raising of the minimum wage. Additionally, articles by the Economic Policy Institute, Forbes, Vox, The Guardian, and The New York Times also reveal that increased wages can keep workers above the poverty line while boosting, while boosting the economy, providing more disposable income, which helps stimulate the economy, and when we elevate citizens out of poverty, it also boosts the economy. So the gist of that being when people make more money, the gist, sorry, the gist of that being when people make more money, they spend more. This improves people's quality of life while simulating economy, and it's a win-win. So while we're not focusing on raising the minimum wage, where we draw parallels to this is that when people are in positions where they're making more money, they have more money to spend. And thus, it goes back into that idea and concept that are backed by all of these articles that when people have more money, they stimulate the economy and the economy grows. So what does all of this have to do with pragmatism and size? Well, everything basically. By creating a solid foundation on a much smaller scale to meet this minimal viable product, we're ensuring one, the quality of user experience. Two, we're making sure the platform is relevant. 
3. The platform is scalable, meaning that it has a foundation so that it could continue to grow through various iterations. 4. It addresses the core needs of the users. 5. It has higher probabilities of success because it's an iterative process, and we could always go back to the, to the previous iteration and rework it from there to move forward. So unlike a waterfall method, we're not going all the way back to the very beginning and having to rebuild everything from scratch, which takes more time, resources, and effort, and leads to an 80% or almost 90% failure rate. And six, it's because the, the system is a resilient system and it's part of a larger narrative. So in order to execute a functional MVP, we will be focusing on creating a microcosm. This will allow us to build a pragmatic world that offers core functionalities to address the cosplayer needs. And just as a friendly reminder, this whole project is working with UN Sustainability Goal number eight to address career um, development and economic development um, by really leveraging the power of cosplayers. So a little out there, but if it's not crazy and it's not extreme, and we're looking at extreme cases, which means it could be applied to everything. So why not? So going back to everything, to working with a microcosm and how I got into this was I was meeting with my committee chair and he provided me with the analogy of this Vegas hotel. He described it as a system in which the hotel provides guests with everything they need, food, entertainment, comfort, amenities, events, and a place to crash. And he urged me to approach this as an urban development project in a virtual space. And as we can look at scale, the Las Vegas Hotel is a really robust system and it's at a size that's manageable. For our world, we can make a hotel where you can make one space and that be part of a space that kind of exists in a larger world. And that space can always grow. But if we do it at, at a larger scale and we try to make an entire world within this time frame, something's going to give. So the Vegas Hotel is a great analogy. However, I can't help but feel there are still going to be some audience members who are feeling a little disconnected and wondering how a hotel can be a world. Well, it's because it's a system. And because it's a system, I would like to kind of also provide this example of, from a game. And I really, really, really am excited to share this example because I absolutely love this game. The game is Gone Home. The premise of the game is that you're playing the role of a young woman who returns home from overseas, only find her entire family absent. While alone in the home, you look and explore, find clues, and you piece together a narrative of recent events and unravel in an amazing story. Now, I want to take a moment just to say that I'm not sponsored by the Fulbright Company which is a creator of this game, or any other organization. This is just my opinion. It's definitely a game worth checking out, and it's available on Steam, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Um, and it's a great example of how you can create a microcosm that explores an entire world through a smaller one. Now, I really love this game, and it's a perfect, perfect example, again, like I'm going to say just over and over, of working on a small scale and connecting it to a much larger scale. You see, Gone Home is an amazing microcosm because it works within a limited space. 
yet you're able to piece together this entire narrative and understand a macrocosm that this microcosm is embedded in. And just like the project I'm working on, the virtual space, I'm creating a microcosm that is part of a macrocosm. The MVP I'm creating is a piece of a larger system that supports a narrative of a community that's interwoven into a much larger narrative. Basically, the cosplayers have their own narrative of being creators, but how does that weave into something much larger? So, therefore, I will be making one place that covers the core needs of networking and recreation in the space that provides agencies to the cosplay community. So, as of right now, I'm not willing to reveal what this virtual space is or what the end product is going to be. And I'm doing this for two reasons. The first is I'm still develop I'm still working on some things and developing it and I want to iron out the kinks. Second, I think it's going to be a lot more fun to invite my audience to experience it once it's ready. Instead, I want to work with my fellow world builders so that they can understand the major takeaway from all this. By understanding a large narrative and what your users need, their absolute core needs, you can designate a small space that can grow over an iterative process. Be realistic. Working on a small scale preserves the quality and purpose of the project. If you lose sight of your why, then the how, the when, the what, and the who can never really solidify. They'll never really come together and if they do, at some point in the near future, they disperse, and it's just a mess. So the iterative process and working on a, in a pragmatic way helps avoid all that. So you can create a comprehensive system that's much like that Vegas resort, which would gross $26.2 annually and has the potential to expand its market over time. And just like Gone Home, your narrative can be part of one that is much larger. But most importantly, by being pragmatic, you can make sure that you always deliver. Any client, any project, anytime, anywhere. And this is because it's an iterative process. And because it's an iterative process, your world can continue to grow in scale and importance. So, while this isn't a super long episode like all my other episodes, I think it's a really important one. If you don't have the time, if you don't have all the team members you need, and if you don't have the ideal situation, cross-pollinating with the world-building methodology, with pragmatic methodology, is the way to go. You can work on a smaller scale, make that your MVP like I am, and through an iterative process, continue to develop. One thing that businesses do is have a business model plan in which they're gonna break even. As a designer, you can have a timeline as to each phase and each iteration. That not only helps you kind of put in perspective how great your project is to potential stakeholders, but it also helps you stay motivated and meet deadlines and make something. Because one of the most important things is that we can all have ideas, but unless we make them, they don't really come to life. So 
don't be afraid to work on a smaller scale. Make that microcosm. And then as it grows, it's going to be really important macrocosm. All because it has a solid foundation and it's working in an iterated process. So as I come to the conclusion of this episode, I want to say thank you for joining me today on The Red Mage. I hope that today's episode helps you in your world-building methodology endeavors. And if you have any questions, requests, or like to support this podcast in any way, you can now join the Red Mage Discord channel and be a part of our humble but growing community. The link will be in the description below. And lastly, before I forget, here's my opinion about pineapples on pizza. I personally enjoy it on pizza, much to this may have some. And this isn't because I love pineapples on pizza, but as a world builder, I just learned to embrace the chaos in any shape, form, or size. Till next time, stay safe, keep building, stay a red mage. <laughs>